Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Lena Lemos. So tonight I am doing something that scares the shit out of me. (laughs) And that is that I have the amazing opportunity to do an Instagram live interview with Wendy Porter. And she's the CEO of Boss Ladies Mindset and Crown for Success. So I am putting myself in front of an audience of over a million women and acting as a thought leader in entrepreneurship and mindset. And up until recently, I don't know if I would have have even felt worthy to do that. And this year has just, it's been the year of yes. And it's been the year of doing things that scare me and constantly pushing my comfort zone and showing up as my best self to grow and learn and live authentically. And I'm so honored that my hard work is being recognized in this way. And I can't wait to share all the amazing things I have in store for Enlightened Hood because I really haven't announced anything that publicly yet in terms of what's to come for this platform in the coming months. What helped me get over this fear of not being worthy was just recognizing the fact that my journey and my story and the thing that I pour my heart and soul into every single day is just as worthy as anyone else's story. And for me, it's been a really hard thing to accept because for the longest time in my life, I've always felt mediocre at best. I've always had such a hard time feeling like I was an expert at anything or better at something than anyone else because I spent so much of my 20s just bouncing around, learning this, learning that. I went to three colleges in four years and it has been a big insecurity to me for feeling mediocre. And now that I've stepped into my purpose and I'm showing up as my best self, I really feel so validated and all those fears of not feeling good enough and not feeling worthy are starting to dissipate and it's such an empowering feeling. And I think going into today's episode, before we can step into every facet of empowerment, we have to feel worthy of it. So today I am chatting with Camille Busan Thompson. She is a sex, love, and empowerment coach. And Camille is teaching me about Yoni Egg and how we can feel more sexually empowered as women. So here's Camille. Before you came a woman's sex, love, empowerment coach, you were a children's yoga and mindfulness teacher. So how did you make that transition? Yeah, so I'm still actually teaching children's uh, and and yoga and mindfulness. But um, over the years, I just started to feel like I wanted to take the woman I was working with a bit further. Um, I somehow felt a bit frustrated that I couldn't help them more. And giving them tools to breathe, to be in the body was like already a big step. And um, actually, it followed my own journey. Um, because I became empowered, um, myself through my trainings and just life in general, becoming a mother, going through all those stages. And I always, every time that I get to a stage, I wanted to bring the woman 
to that part, to that, to that mm-hmm. level. So, yeah. So I know a lot of this transition also happened once you became a mother. So how did you really step into your own empowerment through motherhood? Ah, uh, well, yeah. The mindfulness part really began with the motherhood because before that it was more of a concept and it became a real necessity to keep my balance as a new mom. So I really had to find who I was every time to reinvent myself, basically. Um, after having my first child, I quit my job. I was working in corporate world and this is when I trained to become a yoga teacher. Uh, I wanted more balance in my life. And, and then after the second, my second son, I found the jade egg. And this is the, the magic tool that taught me all that, that I'm using now. So I really followed that and went to train to become a sex, love and empowerment coach. So tell me everything I need to know about the jade egg without giving too much away, because I do agree with you as we were talking earlier that I think it should be, it's an entirely own podcast, but just give me bullet points. <laughs> so the jade egg is a yoni egg. Uh, you may have heard about that term before. Yoni is the Sanskrit term for uh, the woman's genitalia. Mm-hmm. And it's much more poetic than all the words that we have. And it's also have this sacred connotation. I really love that. Um, and so the jade egg comes from the Taoist tradition, which is really, really ancient China, uh, minus hundred. And then this was like a really sacred and secret practice that was used by women shaman in between themselves in groups and also the elites, so the concubines of the emperor, the courtesans. And they were using that very specific energy practice to enhance. So they were using their sexual energy, but uh, refining that energy to have more vitality, uh, better strength, uh, in their immune system, so just as a health tool, but also to boost their creativity and a lot of a lot of wonderful thing and also pleasure. Mm. So this is uh, very ancient, but we're starting to see that bloom a bit everywhere. It's uh, becoming more and more mainstream, which is a good thing in a way. Uh, but it's good to be initiated and to really know what you're doing because it's very powerful. Mm. So. What is the the ritual like of using this jade egg? Ah, so it's hard to just simplify it really quickly, and this is where it gets more technical. But basically, you're using this uh, uh, egg made of uh, jade, which is semi precious uh, crystal, and it's the perfect stone in my view because it's uh, totally non porous and really safe and easy to use. You use it internally. So you would insert it uh, in your vagina and then you will do some different practices to uh, first strengthen your pelvic floor. So it's directly having a physiological effect, which is wonderful after having children, Uh, but not only. So the first step is really to use it in different ways. So you would start laying down and start, you wouldn't stand up before your pelvic floor is strong enough Mm-hmm. And then you have very specific sessions um, on topics like healing. It's a beautiful 
uh, healing practice. So you could heal all sorts of things. And you'd be amazed at how many tension that we're holding there in that part. And a lot of women, unfortunately, are very disconnected and uh, they will feel numb and not really take care of that part of themselves. So working with the ritual of the JDEG and all the energy, uh, we're activating our sexual energy that is there, but also we're healing and uh, resensitizing sorry, <laughs> um, all, this, all this area. So yeah, just so much to say, but basically wow. that, that's it, the activation of the energy and then you would refine it and use it for other things as well. So when you're working with clients and even in your own experience, how has it just transformed you as a woman and women you're working with overall? Well, it's my empowerment that really led me to want to empower women because I felt so good and I felt that I wanted to share that with everyone. But then they get when I witness all the women that I see either in my private coaching or in workshops, I see them getting into their power by being vulnerable, by opening up, by letting go of the masks and the roles that they're carrying, the expectation to please, uh, to be perfect. And so when they do that, this is when the healing happens. This is where they become more authentic, they come back to who they are originally. And witnessing that is, it's, it's amazing. This is what turns me on, really. Mm. Why as women are we just so fearful of our sensuality? Well, that's a good question. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, cultural conditioning there. And then depending on where you grew up in, uh, you know, if you're in a religious setting or it would be a bit more, more and more layers there. But uh, yeah, I think that we hold tremendous power here, that uh, we are very powerful in our sexuality and our sexual energy is very, very powerful. And this at some time has been probably a bit of a, a fear for maybe the patriarchy. Yeah. I may say, yeah. So how as women, besides a, a jade egg ritual, how can we as women start to step into our own sexuality and start to feel more empowered? Yeah, so the jade egg is, is a great tool to, to work in this area, especially and really awaken that sexual energy. But being empowered in the sexuality means uh, that you know what you desire, you know what you like, and you're able to go and get it. So I would say that starting by uh, not waiting for someone else to be responsible for your pleasure, by taking ownership of your own pleasure, taking responsibility to uh, true conscious self-pleasuring yourself and knowing what you like. And that changes, especially after having children. I find in my own experience that things change and evolve. So you get to, to stay in tune with who you are and then you're able to share it better. You're able to say what you want and not be afraid of it. So yeah, mm. the practice. <laughs> <laughs> where do you, where would you suggest that we even start? 
if we're, if we're so disconnected, let's just say I'm so disconnected to my sexual energy, mm-hmm. where, what's my starting point? Starting point would be the breast massage because the, the sexuality strangely lives in the heart center for women, or at least it's the entry gate. So you want to be, you want to open up the heart and the heart, the chest and the breast are linked. So you want to open up the heart and then you can let the sexual energy start to move a bit more. So it's always with the heart. So we say just uh, start with a gentle breast massage and do that daily. And this already just giving yourself, changing the relationship with your body, just accepting your body as it is. Mm-hmm. This would be the first step. Tell me a little bit about your mindfulness rituals that really help fuel this empowerment that you, this empowerment journey, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of daily rituals to stay empowered, but also to just stay balanced because I do a lot as a mom and uh, as you know, building a business. So all of that takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And I find that's quite personal, I think, but I love dancing. So personally, dancing is, is a big one for me. I would wake up in the morning and if I feel a bit heavy or I have a lot of things, especially if I have a lot of things to do that day, I would just dance it out for like five minutes or you know, more if I need, but really releasing anything that I'm holding in my body. And then the other thing that I would do if I don't dance, I will do the breath work. And breath work is not the typical pranayama that you learn in yoga through your nose, breathing through your nose, but Mm -hmm. breath work is uh, a breath through the mouth. And this really like softens the cortical control. So basically you come to inside of your body and closer to your sensations. And if you have something that like you haven't completed, something is is stuck in your body again, it will get released Mm -hmm. and get released through the breathing, the movement, and eventually the sound that you you make. So it's a bit of a technical thing, but these are my two like favorite morning rituals. Um, And then after either dancing or breathing, I would sit and ground myself before I do anything. So it could be five, 10 minutes. And meditation and it's not always the same type of meditation I love to just bring mindfulness into my senses and my breath mm-hmm. but I also like to record my own so sometimes I will listen to my own meditation depending on what I want to focus on that day mm. and also during the day we have some dance breaks if I'm sitting at the computer for a little bit too long uh, if I can't go to the park and, you know, walk barefoot. And the other thing is I really love the breast massage. So I do that either in the morning or in the evening. And this also is a Taoist, um, comes from the Taoist tradition, like the Jade Egg. It really helps to open up your heart and increase your self-love. Mm. So, yeah, I could do that before a jade egg or just by itself. It takes five minutes and it's a nice, really beautiful way to connect to my body and raise the vibration. So it's a bit like when you do an inner smile practice, basically where you smile to your whole body. You can smile to your organs there. In that case, I would smile to my brow and just uh, smile to my heart and just invite compliments. So, yeah. There's a key. Do you ever use any tools or crystals, et cetera, that kind of help fuel this energy movement? 
where the jade is in uh, the jade in itself uh, okay. activates and is an upward moving uh, mm-hmm. energy. So this will activate it. Um, I like to have crystals around just because I love them. I do a bit rituals with them. And when I recharge uh, my jade, I will just bring them together as well. So yeah, but not a particular stone. I love amethysts. Those are really my, yes. my go-to. Yeah. Me too. I'm a rose, huge rose quartz fan too. Yeah. Oh, if there's one thing I can share, just because I, I see those yoni eggs spreading everywhere and the crystal quartz rose, this is like a beautiful stone, one of my favorite as well, but it can break if you do intense practice with it. So if you do mm. it internally, just please just meditate with it. It's fine to bring in and meditate, but don't start doing a real you know, practice with it. Mm. So I just use everywhere, and it's a bit dangerous. Yeah, you yeah. Can, so just jade internally. Just jade is the the favorite. Then you have obsidian as well, but it's really powerful. So I wouldn't use it uh, to begin with. I can use it after. Yeah. How often are you personally doing the jade egg ritual? Is it an everyday thing, once a week, or just whenever you feel that you have an energy block? Uh, I would definitely do it if I feel I have something that I want to work on. Um, and more or less, I would say three, three practices a week. This is a really good way. It's like yoga. If you do two, three times a week, it keeps everything flowing. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with the jade egg. If you do two to three practices a week, your energy is quite high. Uh, that being said, you don't use it. Uh, during your menstruation so you have you know some days a week off that's a bit of different practice and the thing is with the jade egg you have the practice with the egg but you also have like other foundational energy practice that goes with it so i can do maybe an ovarian breathing one day or you know a sound healing another one it's not always with the egg Mm. yeah for some, for women who are interested in learning more, are there any good books or websites that talk about all these Taoist traditions? Hmm. Well, my teacher, Leila Martin, is an amazing jade teacher, and that's uh, how I got into the jade to begin with. Uh, she's got a really good online course. I'm building my own at the moment, so I will have probably in the coming months, uh, four weeks, uh, online course, really working with your cycle. So bringing awareness to the body's natural cycle and how to work with the jade egg to enhance Mm. that. Otherwise books, I would recommend Minka DeVos. She's, uh, she's an amazing, amazing teacher. She's a teacher of my teacher and she's worked 30 years with Montak Chia, who is the master. He's a man, but he brought all of those energy practices, uh, to the West Mm. and yeah. So good to know. Yeah, I would read her. Mm-hmm, definitely. We will all have to tune into your course. Yeah. <laughs> we can be more in tune with our bodies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can really work with uh, your cycle. Like when you're ovulating, it's like a beautiful creative energy. So when you're not making a baby, uh, you can definitely use that extra energy to, you know, uh, set all your productivity, all the things you have to write or create, you set it on that part of the month. And if you work with the energy practice on top of that, it's just like really enhance it. So there's a lot to share. That's why I want to do that course. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm really curious culturally in the United States, there really is starting to be this big mindfulness movement and 
there's a lot of people who are really starting to step in their truth and become awakened, but there still is really such a taboo and a stigma around like meditation and spirituality. So I'm curious how, what it's like in your country. So I'm French, but I've been living in London in the UK for the past five years. And before that I was in Belgium. So I can speak a bit about European, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's the same. I think it's a global movement. So mindfulness has been picking up. It's been there uh, with yoga for lots of years. We have uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's uh, in France. So, you know, self-masters bringing more traditional mindfulness on board. Um, like everywhere else, I would say people are starting to awaken uh, more and more conscious groups and people. Um, but it's not necessarily around... Uh, sexuality and sensuality this is more you find that more in tantra and tantra Mm. is you know the origin of yoga but people very disconnect those two spirituality and sexuality uh, it's not really the same so they think but actually if you use uh, your sexual energy you can actually um, walk and grow in your spiritual path as well yeah, I think there's definitely, I don't, I'd also love to hear experience on women and their sensuality, but there's just a stereotype that Europeans are much more sensual than we are in the United States. No, I think this is like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that with the French people. For some reason, French women are very sensual. And still a lot of people will come to me and say, oh, but in France, you talk about anything. And that's not true. There's still the same taboo. There's taboo mm. in menopause. There's taboo in, uh, you know, pleasure. And, you know, it's, it's not, you would you would talk about the how many lovers you have, but you wouldn't go into details, I guess. So I right. don't know. I think it's still a bit of a stereotype. Mm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I love just comparing cultures because yeah, it's fascinating, especially what one culture thinks of another culture. Yeah. So how has, I mean, you've spoken about this a little bit, but I just love asking this question just flat out. How has empowering these other women continued to empower you? Well, it's like, I would use the metaphor of the lighthouse. So the the real power is, is not waiting for someone to give it to you. It's just finding it in yourself and lighting up from the inside. So it's like all those little lighthouse everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the more they get lit on, the more the ones around it just see that, oh, I can do that. And they get inspired. Mm-hmm. So this is the inspiration that really is is driving me is to see that I can inspire someone because I'm following my own path. I'm following my truth. I, Mm. you know, I go for what I want. I said it and I don't um, wait for people to either give me permission or like me. I would just still keep going at my pace. And I hope that this inspire other women. So when I see other women do that, it, it just allows me to give myself permission to keep doing that. It's really this, mm. this snowball effect. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Mm. I would 100% agree with that. And I especially have felt this way just starting out on this journey and let's say per se coming out of the spiritual closet and being my true self and then seeing all these amazing women like yourself who are doing the same and then we can all kind of march with the light together. 
Yes, yes, totally. And, you know, the sisterhood in that, the way that we support each other instead of, you know, being competitors or being like the sisterhood wound that is still there. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what, you know, is, is so powerful. I've never felt as empowered as when I was uh, in a group of women doing things yeah. together and opening up. And every time I do those workshops with the JDAG. I've been around Europe doing those workshops and we get together as a group of women. And first, the first thing we, we do is share, share a little bit, just, uh, you know, who we are and why we're here. And it's so touching The the thing that people love most, they love the workshop, but at the end, what they really love is, you know, we got together and it was so nice to get together and to listen to each other to feel we're coming together we're made to be together we're not supposed to be you know isolated Mm -hmm. so i think this is where the true power comes when you feel you have a community of uh, of sisters or women around you that can you know that supports you since you've been doing these workshops have you noticed a shift at all in terms of women just discovering that need to come together as a community yeah, um, I can't speak for all of them, but some of them have definitely started to do more women's circle and they're not necessarily leading ones, but they, they definitely want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like the, I had a little group, I did a workshop in Paris and, you know, I had this follow-up call 10 days later and for that group, they were all together already in the same place. They, they just stayed together and started their own little group. So, you know, I'm hoping that this will spread and more women will want to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will. From what I've noticed, at least, it just seems like women are starting to step back into their feminine power. And with that feminine power really comes that need to connect with other strong and like-minded women. Yes, totally. Yes. This is how we are, how we rise. So yeah, coming together, definitely. Historically, I know that women were very centered around community and uplifting one another, but I believe it was things such as witch hunts and Mm -hmm. selling each other out that just made us fearful of putting our trust into other women. Yes, totally. There's a lot of wounding here. Yeah. 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 Ancestral. And yeah. But, yeah. you know, what you're creating here, the platform, everything, this is uh, us taking everything back and just reclaiming mm-hmm. the way that we want to be and that we come together for a reason. I think uh, I, I trust everything comes for a reason. So, yeah. I agree with that. I'm quite hopeful. Oh. Well, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. I feel hopeful that we as women are really paving the way to not only lead our own authentic lives, but help others who need that little extra push along the way. So I always like to end this podcast with words of wisdom for someone out there who may need that pick me up today or that encouragement to step into her true self so what are your wise words okay i would say just don't wait until someone else gives you permission to follow your heart your truth and really like just start now don't wait uh wherever you are is perfect you can just let go of expectation of others you cannot please anyone anyway so just be yourself that's really what i would say and if you haven't yet just try working with your sexual energy
Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Thank you.